Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Harder to Kill podcast brought to you by Warrior Strength and Conditioning. I am your host, Coach Shannon. This week, I'm going to be talking to Coach Kyle Jack. What's up? What's up? Hey. Oh, I forgot to say, you need to sign up for the 800 gram challenge because... I do? Yeah. Actually, this is going to come out Sunday night. It's like, does Peyton give you your last chance or can you sign up by Sunday? Ooh. I should have found that out. I'm going to make an executive decision. <laughs> you can still sign up Sunday. Sunday yeah. Even I'm though sure it starts Monday. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't really take her to do a, she, like a ton of she prep. Like adds, the harder to kill camp and takes like, you got to know. Yeah. I think she just needs to add you to a sugar wide track. So she could probably take care of that for you like Monday sometime. Yeah. Okay, cool. I bet if somebody came in on Monday and they were like, oh, they I forgot. They wanted to do I bet, it. I bet she could get you taken <laughs> okay. care of. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead and sign up for it for any of you uh, late bloomers. Um, okay. I think that that's all we kind of have coming up for like stuff that I would need to announce probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, for stuff with like specific dates, uh, we could talk a little, but we don't have to talk about it, but we could put it out there that we will in November, we will have our random partner comp. Oh, so we haven't, we don't yeah. have, we don't have a date nailed down for that, but it's usually like. The second weekend. It's usually like the second weekend in November. Because it's got to be before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's not an official date announcement, but just wanted to throw that out there that that's something that we do. Um, like second, every, third week of November. Uh, yeah. We do that every November. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. That's always fun. Yeah. And what that is, is it's basically just like a, like an extra Saturday. Like it feels like a Saturday morning workout, but it's a little, it's longer. You do a few more workouts, but what you'll do is you will get partnered up with a random person. Uh, like we draw names out of a hat and mm-hmm. then you do like two or three a literal work- hat. Yeah. A literal <laughs> hat. Yep. And then you end up doing like two or three workouts with that person and it's all scored and it's all for fun and everything. And I think we do separate into divisions, didn't we? Yeah. So there, there'll be a few different divisions you can sign up for. You can sign up for like, uh, like we'll probably call them like sport performance and function. Um, so you'll be doing the workouts that correspond with your fitness level or your desire or whatever. Like the track. Yeah. And you'll get partnered with somebody who's in that same. I feel like we've had the just for fun or like the low pressure one. I mean, in reality, like for like new people, in reality, they're all pretty low pressure. Okay. It's, it's pretty chill, but yeah, we, we will have a, yeah, but people get kind of funny sometimes about signing up with a partner that they don't know. And then just yeah, you're always for sure. But like we encourage down. to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's you, what it's for. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. It's to get out of your comfort zone. I don't think anyone's ever regretted doing it. It's, yeah. it's all just for fun um, and bragging rights and stuff. So yeah. that will be coming up. It's in, free. It's legit for fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. It's, it's a good time. So that'll be coming up in November, probably the second or third yep. Saturday. I haven't been thinking that far out. I've just been trying to get through like, I just, my kids have a lot going on and then yeah, the kill, the hard to kill camps coming up and this and the challenge. So it's like, I haven't thought like further out than that in a while. So, um, anyways, uh, one thing I thought that we could start with since we've been rolling with this podcast now for like two years, I think I started in the fall of 2020. So we we done like six episodes. Yeah, like le- during well, COVID, the very first one is me and Peyton recording on a phone in your in, living room, in our like yeah, in our <laughs> office, and yeah, we don't have to. We should just delete those. <laughs> you think? No, it's fine. I don't think so. I think it's a good. It's cool to look back on. Yeah, yeah. I was no, say, I wouldn't. That's good um, data for like where you've come from. And yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, you did the first six episodes during quarantine when the gym was closed. And then we opened back up. It was like hit the ground running. We trained everybody all summer. Everyone was really like missing the gym. We had tons of new people join, like all this stuff. And um, I'm really busy in the summer. And so when it came around to fall, I was like, hey, we haven't done a podcast. And I think that I think that we should do it. And so I started being the host around. It was probably around this time two years ago. So now I've done over 100 episodes of this. And I guess I think there's a point to why we do it. You think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, So we started it because we wanted to be able to connect with the members. And at the time, we couldn't talk to people in person. So we were like, hey, the podcast would be a good way to communicate with people, um, advice that we have, our intentions for training, like all kinds of things that you take for granted when you see people in person. Right. And you can have conversations. You can stand in front of the class and be like, this is the reason we're doing this thing. 
or, you know, whatever. Um, and then, and then we kind of realize that people spend like one hour a day in here. And a lot of people are friends like outside of the gym, but a lot of times you realize you don't know a lot about who you're working out with. And so it became apparent that people were super interested to find out details, the history, the backgrounds of the members, right? That they like work out with. So like that was super interesting. And then also just a way for us to communicate our intentions for training and, you know, like our training blocks. And it just kind of gives us like a way to communicate um, our ideas and like add another layer of coaching even. I feel like a lot of times I'm coaching over the podcast. I don't Mm -hmm. know. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, giving like training, I mean, to the coaching point giving training advice, whether that be like specifically how to approach, um, workouts to get the most out of them or tailor workouts to what you want or how to work around injuries or you're just giving a lot of support. Yeah. A lot of, Oh, I guess it's all knowledge that could be seeked out like on the Google machine as well. But I think that we're able to just go a little like peel layer back because we know the specifics of like we're working with like 150 people here. Yeah. So we don't need to be super broad. broad. Yeah. yeah. We can get a little bit more specific with the specific issues that we see mm-hmm. in the gym. Yeah. You can make it relatable and the the people can actually take the advice and, and use it. And it is nice because we're filtering through our lens. Right. And the, these people are already being coached by us in the gym. Mm-hmm. And so we're wanting them to progress, get better, reach the goals they have, like that kind of stuff. And so we're able to take the things that we know work and we're able to, you know, coach through the podcast, like in that way, rather than if you just tried to like figure some of this stuff out on your own, which we found out with all kinds of stuff and misconceptions and things that it's really easy to get overwhelmed with. If you go online to just search for it, right? Like what workout should I do today? Right. Like how overwhelming and how much time does it take for people that don't come to a gym that has a class where that's already all figured out for you? Right. That's just like a lot of people say that that's one of the things that like keeps them coming back. Right. Is just like we've given them the workout plan and they can trust us that it's going to work for them and they can just show up and do it. And there's no outside thinking or researching or trying to figure out what they should do. You know what I mean? Right, it yes. can get really overwhelming. They just don't do anything. Sam had just mentioned that yeah. last week about just like, she really liked the idea of an hour uh-huh. and everything's taken care of for you. Like you literally just have to plug yourself in and do like what the coach says. And that, yeah. that then you can just like, you could turn your brain off again after that. If you yeah. wanted to, I think we encourage people to, you know, kind of take it the next step and be mm-hmm. a little bit more engaged with their training and working out, not just for the hour, but like, if you really wanted to, you could turn your brain off and mm-hmm. be done with that workout. And you know, you don't have mm-hmm. to think about anything before or after. I just thought about something. I'm, maybe I'll put you on the spot for it, but we or, were talking about, um, different ways to warm up. Ooh, I like this. this is, <laughs> oh, this is something well, we should just talk about this. Yeah, cool. Let's talk about the warmups. Um, yeah. I had a, I had a devil's advocate. Uh, we were talking about this uh, yeah. off the podcast the other day and I had a, I had a, devil's advocate to one of your points. And I think that it's really easy for us to always be in the gym mode, to always be thinking about the gym stuff. Mm -hmm. But we need to remember that people are at like jobs or they're with their kids and they're Mm -hmm. doing stuff and they're not in the mindset or even thinking about the gym at all until they're like on their five minute drive here. Mm -hmm. And then, so I think to sometimes to just walk in and then like immediately start doing um, some sort of like, I don't know, complicated movement. Well, or yeah, something. no, that, that wouldn't be. Ideal. Yeah. Would just be kind of like, Oh, this is weird. It's just like, I want to kind of ease into it a little bit more. So sometimes like with warm ups, you might feel like, Oh, I'm just going through these motions, but sometimes those motions are important and that's what gets you into the mode of being able to like train seriously at the gym. And then you're talking about like shutting your brain off. So you like, it takes a little bit to like warm it up when you come in. Just like a lot of people complain about warm ups in general, right? So mm-hmm. we're always trying to figure out what's the best way to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my opinion, like it's to do the thing that you're gonna like do. I hate warming up, right? It's so like, a lot of a lot of people do talk about how they don't like warming up. And so like I've really been thinking about this. Like I'm one of them. Yeah. Um Do you know what you know what the one thing is? Like I, I hate warming up too and and I find this as coaching a lot because during the warm up, I'll try to talk to people and just try to figure out like how they're feeling for the day and where their yeah. mind's at. And they'll be like, Oh, I don't feel good during this warm up. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, 
it, yeah. it can kind of mess with your mind a little bit because yeah. then you might think, oh, I'm going to have a bad day at the gym, you know? Yeah. So I want to be like, there's a lot of, when we talk about like effective ways to warm up, there's a lot of like variables and a lot of like it depends type of things. Yeah. So you're not going to do the same thing every day for sure. Well, what I was going to say is, what we're referring to is how to get warm for a training session. Mm-hmm. Um, this would not be how to warm up for your absolute peak high best performance. Mm-hmm. Right. So. If you were like, going to do that, it takes a lot longer. Yeah. You're going to put some serious, yeah. like if you're really concerned about your performance, like if you're at like doing some sort of competition right. or like, if you're going to be doing like a, I don't know, like a, a two K row for time, like it's probably not ideal just to walk in the gym and hop on the rower and do a hard two K. No, because um, the first 500 meters is going to be you warming up. Right. <laughs> right? You, yeah. You're, you're going to be okay. You're not going to get physically injured from right. that, but you're not going to be able to perform at your best, mostly just because your heart rate hasn't been up. Yeah. So then you're just going to get this huge, like this huge, like blood dump and you're going to just, your, your heart rate's going to spike and you're going to feel terrible and your performance isn't going to be You got to go good. through that muscle burn and like, yeah. yeah. That, does that mean that you couldn't just walk in the gym and row 2k hard? No, you absolutely could. And I think it's something that more people should experiment with because it is an interesting feeling. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, my point with warming up is I think there's, I think there's a decent amount of kind of like misinformation and just like conventional wisdom and just like, um, people just do things because it's the way things have always been done. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of my bigger pet peeves <laughs> is when you don't question like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tough to convince me otherwise that the best way to warm up for like a heavy back squat session is to just put an empty bar on your back or maybe no bar on your back and just start doing squats. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be hard to beat that mm-hmm. for a warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, I mean, because think about it, let's say you're going to back squat, let's say the workout, let's say you're going to do a five by five back squat and all five sets of five are going to be around 315 pounds. Okay. So all five sets of five are at 315. What, what are you doing when you hit your first set at 135 and then 185 and then 225 and then 275? Mm-hmm. Like those are warm up sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you not be feeling safe to put an empty bar on your back and squat it 10 times? And mm-hmm. then would you not feel safe to put on a, uh, 135 pound or to 185 pound. Like you don't even say mm-hmm. like those it's are kind of relative a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it's all relative obviously, but those are your warm up sets. So like what is physiologically happening to your body when you do a 15 minute warm up where you do like some dynamic stretching and all of that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. to, for, for back squat. I just don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. If you're going to run sprints or something, maybe, maybe that's more important. I mean, some of the conventional wisdom is true though. You know, like the more intense, shorter workout that you're going to do, like the more warm up time that you need for that to be I think successful. It I think it depends. Like otherwise for you performance pull a hamstring for like not a, sprinting. But, so what I'm saying is it depends. Like, Cause like, Mm-hmm. What my my example of a rower is like you're not gonna pull a hamstring right on the rower. or like burpees or something. Yeah, you're not gonna. You know what I mean? But it's like yeah. yeah, if you're gonna go run as hard as you can for 100 meters, you probably should. Yeah, you or should. lift as heavy as you can for three reps. Right? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. So the thing with lifting is it kind of is self limited because mm-hmm. you also need to adapt your like. Uh, your CNS. Your CNS to it, right? <laughs> Central nervous system. Yeah. So you're not going to have a 500 pound bar sitting on the ground to just go over and pick it up. You're going to build to it, which is also a warm up. So yeah. lifting kind of ends up taking care of itself, uh, where, you know, you could very easily running a 100 meters hard as you can, very easily accessible without warming up. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, where did you, what did you want to talk about warmups? <laughs> well, I guess I was just coming from the point of view of like, when you come to a class environment where the programming is all done for you, that there's not a lot of having to like think about it and mm-hmm. you can turn off your like outside world brain and you can come into the gym and do the thing and then you can leave and you can switch back on to like, Oh, I have to go pick my kids up or now I have to go make dinner or mm-hmm. just, or now I have to go to work. Like depending on what time you come to the gym. Right. Like, um, and how like, I think for people coming from the outside world in like the warm up time is definitely important. And so I do think sometimes like if you, if you, if you were like, so today I did tell people just go get empty barbells. Mm. 
I think for some people it can maybe feel abrupt to like do that because a now, lot of the times we start with like yes. air squats. So or, hold you know on, what hold I mean? on. I think it might only feel abrupt just because of what people are used to. Yeah, what they're used to. Yeah. yeah. If, if you've been doing that since day one, you wouldn't think a thing of it. Yeah, because... People just get used to what yeah. they do or whatever. Because empty bar back squats are definitely would still be a warm up considered a general warm up style thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. But it's like generally I feel like what we would normally do would be to start with like... Biking 10 calories and then squatting, air squatting 20 times. Right. But so that is what we would typically do. Have some sort of a general warm up like that. But like the more I think about it, I just keep asking myself, like, why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the actual purpose of doing that? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would be irresponsible of me to continue to have people somewhat waste their time. I yeah. know that some people like it. Um, and I think it's a good opportunity to like chit chat and like it sets tone to class. Like yeah. I, that's stuff. but like we're talking about like what it's actually doing for your body to get ready to squat. Like we're wasting five or six minutes of class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, your point of like wanting to be really efficient and we've always kind of been like, we want you to get a lot out of the hour that you're here. Mm-hmm. And so, wasting- but we still, but to be fair, we also want you to check the other boxes too of like, talk to your friends, have a good time yeah, or whatever. Sure, so yeah. uh, basically this whole thing stems from a conversation we were having the other day about like, how can we do warm ups better mm-hmm. that check the boxes that we want to check? Like they're fun, engaging, set the tone and allow people to chit chat with their friends, but also efficient, but also efficient with like, yeah. because I'll, I'll just be like, I'll just be blunt here. Here's what I, the vibe I was starting to get. And I'd catch myself doing it as well. I would just be going through the motions in the warm up. hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time I would, be like, you know, let's say it was like, uh, hundred percent of the time, pretty <laughs> no, maybe not a hundred, yeah. but like the, I, like the other, the other day we did clean and jerks and like the warm up had like dumbbell clean and jerks. Yeah. In it. And I just, I just like grabbed like a 20 and I just was doing a few reps and I was like, I don't, you'd rather have an empty bar probably than dumbbells. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't know. Like, I don't need, I just felt like we were maybe like continuously, I don't know how to explain it. Um, by continuously doing warm-ups like that, people were becoming more and more accustomed to them and thinking that they needed that. Mm-hmm. Or so. do you think it was the other way that they would just phone them in every time? Oh, all because of Because yeah. the warm-up was felt meaningless to yeah. them too. Yeah, possibly. Possibly so both or all. So if the warm-up feels yeah. meaningless to you, you're probably just like kind of going through it like whatever. I'm just going to endure yeah, this four-minute exactly, warm-up. Exactly. And then I'm going to get to the real stuff that I'm here for, which is back squatting Right. Today. So it's like, yeah. So th- today's warm-up was great. So just back squat for yeah. your warm-up. It was like, hey, we're going to be back squatting for our strength piece. So for our warm-ups, we're going to be back squatting significantly lighter. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I can get on that. I can get yeah. on board with that. It yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on the day and I'm still a big advocate of like what you're saying. It depends. Mixing and matching it up is fine. I just think you can easily fall into a rut yeah. with the so, warm ups. So that's what I was saying. Yeah. That That's what I felt like yeah. I was falling into a rut with the warm ups. Um, mm-hmm. So I, but guess, I even mean falling into a rut as the person programming the warm ups. Are you stretching out my hair tie? Oh, no. <laughs> that was just in my hair like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, like even as someone who's programming the warmups, man, you just get into like, I don't know if rut is the, the right word, but you just get down a path mm-hmm. and then it becomes difficult to like think of now new things to do and always trying to think of new things well, to do can yeah. like kind of be exhausting. Yeah. Today, right? And you need to step yeah. back and just be like, is this even necessary? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Anyway, I like some of the general warmups that we do where you like, I really like the one and I did use this quite a bit when I didn't want to just jump right into like grabbing dumbbells and doing something is like getting people in like teams of three or four and then like doing 30 seconds of machine work because you can get your heart rate up. You can actually push hard. And then while you're resting, you can kind of like talk a little bit or whatever. And it's different than when you just tell people like, all right, we're going to do 10 calories on a machine and then 10 squats. And they're not like with, they're not like partnered up. And so literally someone can spend the whole four minutes and do literally one round of that. Mm -hmm. And they don't like really like push the pace. But when you're in an environment where someone's like waiting on you to finish, then you'll get on that ski machine and you'll actually get your heart rate up and you'll actually get your muscles working. You know what I mean? It's just like feels a little more. Yeah. I just, I just, once again, I just like, like what's, what, what's the intent of the warm up? What's the purpose? What's it serving? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what's coming after that. Right. It probably wouldn't be something you would do before a back squat. Day. Right. Right. 
but maybe it would be something that, you know, if it was more of like a skill day or more of a, um, you know, if we're doing like accessory work or you, you know, had a longer workout or something, then maybe it would be. But is it necessary? I don't know. I like those. I think they're fun. You could ask other people. They'd be like, no, I don't want to do it. But then half the people want to do it and half the people don't want to do it. Right. Exactly. So (laughs) I'll say, I'll say it's a hundred percent not necessary. That's the answer. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Right. You know what I mean? I I'm on board with both sides. I just, I just think it's important to like always be kind of questioning that stuff and not just like you said, doing it just to do it or getting down a rut and be like, this is how we do warm ups. We have the same five warm ups. Yeah. Without being like, well, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Or just like, yeah, getting to where you feel like the class, the people in the class are like not wanting to do it either. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If like no one really wants to do this, like we don't have to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Except for unless you program the workout, Karen, no one wants to do that either, but everyone has to. Oh, everybody wanted to. (laughs) I do like the note on there that, that you put that like, if you've done this a thousand times, like just do it differently. (laughs) Yeah. Just do something different. There's kind of a terminal velocity to Karen. Yeah. Once you've done it 10, 12, 15 times over the course of years, it's like, okay, really the only thing you can do at some point is just get to an unbroken set of 150 wall balls. And it's like, is that what you want to do? Or would you have more fun? Would you be more engaged? Mm -hmm. Would you maybe even get better fitness out of just trying something different? Man, for me to get to the capability of doing 150 would just take a lot, I think. Well, yeah. So my point is, is like, there's just like. I almost asked Sarah Salzberger if she wanted to try it. You know what? To be fair, a lot of like, a lot of those like classic benchmarks are kind of that way. Yeah. Like. Like Fran for, for me to, for me to go any faster on Fran, it's just like it's cycle time and you gotta be really close to your barbell. Yeah, or so it's something. just like, yeah. okay, like there's no point in trying to like yeah. try to go faster yeah. on that. Right. That's why I think when Peyton was doing the central regional, when she said one of the workouts was synchro Fran, I was like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. That was the one that I said I would have taken out of there. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I think we just get kind of jaded because we've been in the game for a long time. And mm-hmm. so those really old school classic style workouts, we've just done so many times that it's like, I don't really, you also kind of know the pain and then you're like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be in that pain to get to beat my PR time. It's By like, one I'm, second. right. Like I'm in the point to where like, I don't care if I ever PR my friend ever again. I would rather like what you said, maybe game it a little bit, do something like different with it or something like, yeah. well, it kind of goes back to our, like, that's just chasing capacity Yeah. at that point, which we've had those conversations yeah, and it's a like, million times. I don't know. Have more yeah. fun with your fitness. Yeah. Try something new. Yeah. Like the things I was trying to get people to do today would be like. Do a max set of wall balls. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how many wall balls you can actually do. Mm-hmm. And then go ahead and finish it out. Or yeah. like me, I used a heavy ball for the first time. And I'd never actually done straight up Karen with a heavy ball. Um, and I just did sets of 10 just to like pace it or whatever. So I did, don't know. Just, you said you kind of did it every 30 seconds or something? Yeah, like every 30 seconds I did a set of 10. What time does that give you? Just over seven. Like seven. So your your 15th set would start at seven. Which like seven minutes would definitely not be a fast time for you for Karen. Right. right. Like, <laughs> with, with a 20-pound ball, I've done it in like 5.05. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. I think that that's maybe a good transition to kind of talking about our different tracks. Um, you had said a, a line the other day that I thought was kind of a good, it like said it really, really efficiently of like what the different tracks like are for. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's kind of unfortunate for some people who maybe are like in between tracks or like have some skills of like the performance track, let's say, but they, how you'd put it was, but they're doing performance track on a function lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was worth kind of maybe going back over our tracks again and what they're for, because I think a lot of people are still seeing function as like a scaled track. Right. Um, and so when you do see like pull-ups on it or something that's like a little bit what you would consider to be like a higher skill or maybe not like a traditionally quote unquote scaled movement. Yeah. And people are like, well, why is that on there? Yeah. It's like, well, the function track is for people who want to be functional humans and they're not chasing performance and they're not chasing sport, right? Like they don't care if they're good at the sport of CrossFit and their performance is not overall that important to them. Right. What's important to them is being able to go out into their normal life and do all the things they want to do and not get out of breath, not 
feel embarrassed or, you know, just be like a capable person. Yeah. Right. So the function track is to make capable people. Yeah. And then and the, to do it in a way yeah. that is effective and low risk of injury. Mm-hmm. Like because staying injury free is part of being a functional, capable, functional, capable person. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how capable are you if you're pushing yourself in the gym to do things that you're not really capable of doing and then that messes up your job or things you need to do outside the gym Mm -hmm. right like we've talked about this a lot of times like are you actually you're doing yourself a disservice like you're not actually you're not actually going to get to the things that you want you know from like doing that sort of stuff and so I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about like the different kinds of tracks and like how you know which track that you should be on but there is one thing that I do want to talk about the function track and I where I do think um, there are a lot of very fit and capable people that enjoy the function track, but sometimes I think it is maybe a little too light for them, like depending. So like, um, one oh. thing I might do for them was like, okay, there, there was a workout the other day that had a 600 meter run for sport and performance, mm-hmm. but the function was 400 meter run. Mm-hmm. But how many people on that function track were actually capable of a 600 meter run? Right. right? So like me as a coach, I'm like, looking at that, you know, a couple of different people. And I'm like, Hey, you're actually pretty fit, you know? So I think you should do the 600 meter. Whereas someone who's maybe newer and they haven't developed their running capacity yet, like the 400 super appropriate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So like people who never graduate from the function track because they don't want to aren't necessarily less fit, like capacity wise. Right. We were talking the other day about how most people on the consistently train the function track will absolutely annihilate that C2 bike Yeah, and ruin all of our, um, estimated finish times. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like for whatever reason, it seems like people that train the function track really gravitate towards the C2 bike and Uh they have, they have for a long time Mm -hmm. and they've got really good at it, Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it skews my meters and stuff. Sometimes. Well, right. And and then it's just like, if you can bike that hard for that long, like, like you are a fit, you're a person. fit person. Yeah. 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 And so while you might not be chasing higher skills, like pull-ups and things like that, that you might see on the performance track, you might actually have a pretty good capacity for fitness. Yeah. So I do sometimes think that's kind of why, like a lot of the times when the coaches are like, Hey, you can mix and match this stuff, which is part of the reason why it will. Yeah. You mix and match, but it's part of the reason why we put that target time on almost all of our workouts. It's so if you're as like somebody who typically follows function, but you're like, dude, I'm going to destroy this bike. Yeah. <laughs> take a look at what the meters are for sport or whatever. And maybe more in line with that is what you should do. Yeah. And, and I really haven't had a lot of people like complain about that. I think a lot of people like being told like, Hey, you're going to crush this bike and I don't want you to finish in six minutes. I want you to finish in 12 minutes. So I'm actually going to double these meters for you. Mm -hmm. Most of them are like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it like makes sense. They totally know that they've got really good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you know, maybe for running, if it's like a running day, you know, then obviously maybe they're back down on the capacity for running or whatever. Right. Right. So, um, like, I mean, all we're saying here is we still, want you guys to make the workouts your own and challenge yourselves in different ways. Yeah. You know, it's just like kind of, and I'm not, I'm not really talking about newer people. Like anyone who's been here under six months is still kind of learning their capacity. And obviously they're getting better at a very high rate of speed Mm -hmm. usually in that first six months. So I'm not really talking about people like that. I'm more talking about more experienced, experienced people that identify with the function track. And they're like, that's my jam. I'm here to be a functional human being, but because they've been doing it for so long, they've developed a level of fitness that has maybe grown to where has, as the function track is written, they aren't being challenged a ton, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like you could stay there. If your goal is just to be functional, it just, you know, Mm -hmm. Naturally, like, most people end up wanting to push it a little bit. I think it, it depends on what it is because a lot of times for function, we don't have weights prescribed, mm-hmm. which is helpful yeah, because then sure. it does allow a stronger person who maybe doesn't have a lot as much capacity, but is stronger to be able to do heavier dumbbells, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, like the case may be there. Um, I think a lot of times too, the function will have dumbbells on it, which are harder than barbells. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was <laughs> are phys- they're physically harder than barbells, but, uh, 
less technically hard. Dumbbells are amazing tools for fitness and they're less technical. So they're more easily accessible to everyone. And so dumbbells are a better tool for fitness than barbells. Yes. So I love that the function track is like almost always dumbbells, but if you're someone who likes the barbell, you can scale the performance aspect of it. So you're still able to like, kind of get what you want out of it. But Mm -hmm. if you're a person who never cares, if you touch a dumbbell, then barbell or sorry, a barbell, then like the dumbbells are amazing. And I've seen the transfer of it. Um, there's been like a couple of people that have come from sweat, which is all dumbbells. And then they come to a CrossFit class and they, we have, they have to do like squat cleans with a barbell. And I'm just like been blown away, but like how well they move it, you know, train more dumbbells. Like it it really is like we, I mean, for sport and performance, we program mostly barbell stuff because if you, if you care about the sport or do you care about your performance, then you need to work on that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you're not good at it right now, if you're picking up that barbell, you're telling a coach, essentially, I want to get good at using this barbell. Yeah. Right. So we'll coach you as Which such. is still good for fitness. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick. We are finding though that sometimes using dumbbells will progress you towards the barbell faster than using yeah. a barbell. Yeah. I think that's something important to keep in mind that there's like kind of a, there's kind of like a baseline that you need to have before picking up that barbell and dumbbells can get you to that barbell faster than that barbell can get you to the barbell. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that it's because you can more easily get the movement mechanics more naturally with dumbbells Mm -hmm. because the dumbbells you move around your body, right? You can move however you want to with them. Whereas the barbell is very limited on like where it can move. So you have to move it a specific way and dumbbells give a little more leeway, right? So you can get a lot more comfortable with doing dumbbell cleans and dumbbell snatch a lot faster than you can get comfortable with a barbell just because you have so much more freedom of movement. And so I do totally agree that people who get super comfortable and good at moving the dumbbells through like uh, power clean, squat clean, snatch and all that stuff, it does transfer very well to the barbell. So I don't know, maybe if you're a newer person that's been frustrated with the barbell stuff, the option is always especially on like snatch and clean and jerk day, the option is always during the strength piece is to always use dumbbells. Mm -hmm. Like I don't always demo it that way because, and maybe I'm wrong in that. You just assume that people want to use the barbell, but I don't know that sometimes people know what they want with that. They think they should use the barbell. Mm -hmm. So they use it, but like actually maybe they would be better off with dumbbells. So this is a culture change that we're working on. It's going to take time to to get more towards the dumbbell. Yeah. Well, no, just, I, yes, Yes, but also just stopping, stop looking at the program options as like tiers or like as like one, two, and three, like hard. Tiers as in T I E R? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't look at the programming with tiers. With tiers. No, <laughs> I just mean like what you, what reminded me or what made me say that is just how you said how people feel like they should use the barbell. And it's like, where's that coming from? Mm hmm. Like, is it coming from you think that that's what we expect of you or that's like, like, where's that coming from? Why do you think you should use the barbell? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably because it's been the majority on, of it, people are using it and right. Yeah. So anyway, just like kind and of like a you were going to say, you said it before it's been like put on a pedestal of like yeah. barbells, the end all be all the fitness or whatever, mm-hmm. or just, I mean, the barbell is nice once you learn how to use it because of just that nice balance and you know, all that stuff, the dumbbells do challenge you quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. So Um, yeah, anyone who's more experienced and has really figured out and has good, good form and technique and efficiency on like barbell snatching and clean and jerks, like don't usually enjoy going back to the dumbbells for that. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, this is cause now one arm works hard, you know, harder than the other one. And (laughs) like dumbbell squat cleans. Yeah. Insanely hard. I actually don't mind a single dumbbell for the squat clean, but if I got to use two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you can get in a really good rhythm without alternating like squat clean with a dumbbell or whatever. Hey, I saw, isn't that tomorrow's or Saturday's? Yeah. Alternating hang clean and jerks. I saw that and I was like, with only one dumbbell, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was like, nice. Um, okay. So I think we kind of talked a lot about the function and just just trying to like drive the point home that anyone doing function or anyone that's like quote unquote scaling or modifying or whatever, it's never from coming from like a less than 
perspective or is perspective the right word standpoint? Yeah. Just like it's not a, it's not a less than feature. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean like you're just trying to like remove like a negative connotation to it that I am interested to know where it came from. I mean, I think it came from the culture of where CrossFit started, you know, to begin with just, there never was scaled options. Like people were always chasing that RX box. Mm-hmm. By the way, Sugar Wads has still not. Sugar Wad has not. Given worked. us the options. They have not worked with us, but yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think one thing that we're kind of, well, like some of my goals, like with running this gym and is to, um, like now that I've started like this teens program and I'm trying to like grow that and hopefully that becomes a, I want, I would like to grow that to something big and like something that can make like a meaningful impact in our local community. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like being out and about, I've just become more and more frustrated seeing people, just people living their daily lives. Like you talked about it last week when you're talking to Sam about all you had to do is work your like stands over the summer and just see 55 to 65 year olds who can't walk and can't get in and out of their cars and like they can't carry a cantaloupe yeah they're usually older than 55 but like definitely not super old right like yeah you get what I'm saying yeah (laughs) and it's just it's sad it's frustrating and it's like honestly it should be unacceptable yeah well from Sam's point of view she's a nurse so she sees a lot of like right yeah um so I was going someplace with that and I kind of, uh, so you're, I know where you're going because oh, we've talked about this the, before, yeah. having an impact on the community and wanting to like do more of like a ground up, like grassroots approach to, um, kind of growing. Like if you grow up with fitness, how mm-hmm. much better off you are than when you try to discover it when you're 30 or 40. Or- right. So we've kind of started like working with like trying to get like this teens thing going, but that doesn't mean we don't want to like just completely, I haven't written adults off, like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Um, people don't start, people have a hard, like, man, I mean, we do a lot of lead follow-up. We talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people reach out about joining or interested in this. They reach out and then we follow up and they don't get back to us. Like the amount of people that stand us up that reach out to us. And yeah. then when we're like, Hey, how can we help? And they never get back yeah. to us. They reach out to us. They we reach out. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's wild. It's five a week. It's, yeah. it's insane. How many times people will be like, Hey, I'm interested in taking control of my health and fitness and getting started. And it's like, Hey, we'd love to help. Um, here's our first step. And then just like, that's the yeah. last correspondence we have with them. And then you're ghosted. And like, we don't live in that big of a community. Mm-hmm. I know probably who you are. I mm-hmm. Facebook creep you immediately. And we have like 25. <laughs> I'm like, right. so now I just have like all these people that I'm just like, Hey, you're the guy who didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's just like, just, why don't you want to exercise, bro? Just yeah. tell me. Well, like, don't reach out to me saying you yeah. want to, it's just, whatever. That just becomes frustrating. But people are scared. This is my point. Yeah. People yeah. are scared. People don't think they're capable of starting Mm -hmm. and um we're trying to trying to fix that and we're trying to like change the idea of like you the only reason you would go to a gym is to get six-pack abs and a rockin bod (laughs) (laughs) right um like body composition and looking better is definitely a reason a lot of people join a gym Um, And I think everybody wants it to some degree, but I also think that some people realize that it's not realistic for them to make the sacrifices needed to do that. And I don't want that to turn you off to fitness altogether. So I have definitely realized because I, for a long time, really thought that that was the goal of every person. Mm -hmm. The goal of every person is to have less than 20% body fat and have defined abs. And that's the goal of every person. Mm -hmm. I mean, over the years, and I probably came to this realization a lot later than I should have, but I came to the realization that that's actually not what everybody wants. A lot of people are happy to just feel better and look better than they looked. You know what I mean? Like any improvement and they're like happy with that. And most people actually just want to feel better so it's totally okay yeah. <laughs> to not have major body composition goals. Yeah. Like what you'll hear is, yeah, a lot of times we'll hear people say things like, 
if I lose a few pounds, that would be great. Or if like I could trim up a little, that would be great. But I'm just, I'm sick of feeling like shit. Yeah. Or I'm sick of having like this nagging back pain or that type of thing. And so it's like, that's really the pain point that's getting them to come into the gym. Yeah. They don't want to be out of breath when they go and up the stairs. You know, maybe their, their goals might change over time. Once, and that's true. Yeah. Once you get those initial things fixed where you're like, damn, I've been training for six months. I don't have back pain. I lost like a little bit of weight. Like, I think I'd like to like take this up a Next notch. Level, then that's totally sure. cool. Right. But like my overall point here is that I don't want kind of trying to change our image a little bit, or I don't want to say change, but just show people that it's okay to join a strength and conditioning program because you just want to be healthier and feel better. And maybe you don't have any body composition goals to start, Mm -hmm. but I do think that you should be a capable human being. And maybe we should define what capable is and challenge people to that. But like you need to be able to deadlift some significant weight and you could base that off a body weight or something. There's some, there's some things we could put out there. Like you should be, you need to be able to run a mile without stopping. Yeah. Maybe it's not the fat. Maybe it's not a five minute mile. It doesn't matter how fast it is, but you being need, able to run it without stopping. You need, you need to be able to run a mile yeah. as a human being. You mm-hmm. need to be able to, to do some other various tasks we could list as well. Um, but none of those things had anything to do with what you look like. Right. You, you can definitely run a mile. And way you could be a chubbier person. I don't know how else to say that in a nice way, but yeah. it doesn't really matter what your weight is. I mean, if you were like morbidly obese, like excessively obese, it probably wouldn't be very accessible to you. But if you're just carrying 20 or 30 extra pounds, you can for sure run a mile without yeah. stopping. Yeah. So anyway, just kind of trying to like really, and I don't think we are ever this way. Like I think sometimes CrossFit can be portrayed as this. I don't think we ever did this, but like, it just seems how people take it is that you, everybody that goes here is like here to be like super fit and like insanely ripped. And like, that's just where people's minds go when they think of this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, man, I just want you to be able, like, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. Right. But at a minimum, we just want you to be able to squat below parallel and stand up like 15 or 20 times. And like pick up you some would weights. Be, you and- would just, yeah. Like once you really start getting out in public and like identifying how bad off people are it's insane mm-hmm. people like struggle to get out of their car struggling to like stand up sit down on the toilet struggling to do the most basic things like our our society is in a bad Crisis. bad bad spot when it comes to physical health yeah and it's all so preventable mm-hmm. and it's not even that hard mm-hmm. like the what you need to do to be able to maintain hip function so that you don't have to use like a walker when you're older is just like doing some air squats every day you like you know you're yeah. not going to be a fit person but you're going to have strong enough legs to well, you don't you... have to come to this gym no, you no, be good no. enough to do that sort of stuff although if you come here you're going to feel a yeah. lot better and be stronger but yeah. so and i heard you so i'll go into another rant i don't even okay. know if i'm ready for this i'm thinking about making like a video or something but <laughs> the so these have been kind of like my most recent like kind of shifts is like, you know, we have the strength and conditioning program here. We're helping people get fit. Um, and I've kind of removed myself from like the coaching schedule and I've kind of started pursuing some other things, like st- starting off with this like team program that I would really like. You're to, kind of doing both ends of the spectrum. Cause you also yeah, have your old. Yeah. I mean, too. <laughs> really, really the only people I consistently coach, like I coach some five fifteens when Kelly's Kelly's gone, yeah. but I'm coaching teens and I'm coaching 55 to 70 year olds actually 80 78 77 but 77 we'll just just call it we'll just call it like 55 (laughs) plus or our our seniors class or our whatever um but kind of getting into some of these special populations um Mm -hmm. and the goal just really being like I think ultimately like if I was going to like say like the dream is just like to actually be able to do this for years and start seeing a difference in our actual community Mm -hmm. to where you just see less fat, uncapable, can't take care of themselves people. Yeah. Cause it's sad. And like I said, it, it should be unacceptable. Yeah. You can't like, you can lead a horse of water, but you can't make them drink. But like, I don't know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make some people drink, I guess. You should go talk to someone at Hy-Vee about the candy shop. So that's, <laughs> that's where I was. So, okay. So this is where I was going. This is I where I, so, rant with that. So this is what I was saying about making a video. Yes. So yeah. You just broke my hair tie. Whatever. It's stupid. Okay. Sorry. I was getting ready to rant. I was getting, okay. So 
this is like what I'm working on. This is like kind of my dream. Like this is where I want to take this. I want to be able to see like, I want to be able to make like a a visible impact Mm -hmm. in the community. Right. Like, um, I think Joe Rogan has this thing about just having less losers. There you go. (laughs) Right. Like let's just have less losers. And I would consider if you aren't able to take, whatever, (laughs) if you're not able to take care of yourself or like physically, like be in shape to just do basic human things, you're kind of a loser. Mm-hmm. Like you are, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to shame you, but you're a loser. If you can't, if you can't do basic physical tasks mm-hmm. and take care of yourself, you've just neglected yourself. Mm-hmm. So this being my goal and like trying to like start with like kids and like get some older adults to work and stuff. And then that's like what I want to do for the community. And I want it to be a big thing someday. Mm-hmm. And then you go into high V yeah. <laughs> and I, man, High V seems to be pretty involved in doing community things, right? They're always raising charity. They'll like Salvation Army's there and they raise money. They even have dietitians like on staff. Yeah, they just, (laughs) and they're, you know, they'll donate and they'll like sponsor this thing. But you just turned the center part of your story into a diabetes factory. Yeah. Diabetes. If you, okay, I think most people know this, but if you don't, type two diabetes is 100% preventable. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, 100% curable mm-hmm. and reversible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's one of the biggest drains on our healthcare system. Well, and just health in general, yeah. right? So yeah. just, right. So it's just like, Hey, I can, I know how to fix that. I didn't go to school. I, I have no degrees, mm-hmm. right? I just, I'm self-taught fitness experience, right? I can fix the thing. I know how mm-hmm. to fix the thing. And it just becomes super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like it gets really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So you walk through Candyland, yeah, of High V, where you're supposed to be getting your groceries for like to provide for your family, and, and it's, it's a candy shop. I just like is that immoral? Is that like an immoral move? They did that because they will make money. I by really ha- don't like it. I'm totally. I judge it hey, as immoral. I'm, I'm on board with like free markets. Like I totally get it, but people you're taking advantage of stupid people. I'll say it. Well, if you're people, taking advantage. Okay. I shouldn't say stupid. Kind of you're ignorant. More like you're, weak individuals. you're taking advantage of weak, ignorant people who don't know any better are stressed and will just say yes to their kids. Cause it's easier. Who are already addicted to it. Yes. All, so, all of it. All yeah, of it. Yeah. I, I'll say stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, remember when I got mad a couple of years ago at Hy-Vee for having Snickers ice cream bars in the frozen case in front of the vegetables? That's... I was mad about that. Okay, too. whatever. <laughs> That's... I, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd be mad about that. I'd be like, this is kind of ironic or this is weird. But mm. you just know that there was a corporate meeting and there was numbers and there was planning. We got to get our quarterly profits up. Yeah. Oh, and if we get this candy in this center aisle, we're only going to have to spend $40,000 on these new shelves in this Candyland sticker, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be able to get our quarterly earnings up by selling this to kids. Yeah. Well, like, you just yeah. know there was some meeting where some fat dude Who's that doesn't 70? know anything yeah. about health yeah. and just is like, it's, it feels so wrong and so immoral. And I, I honestly think more people should be upset, upset about, about it. it. Yeah. And I'm, I just, I feel weird saying this cause I'm not this person, but like the more that I've just recently started working with kids yeah. like doing, and it's just, it's really frustrating. Well, and the problem with kids is too. And some of the things we were talking about yesterday, they're very heavily influenced by the adults in their life. Is that when I was giving you and Sam parent, yeah. parenting, yes, parenting advice, advice yeah. from, Hey, if anybody that. wants unsolicited parenting advice from somebody who doesn't have kids, it's definitely unsolicited as well. Yes. I said that. <laughs> I know, let, I let, me, let, that. let me know. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell I'll you hook. how to get them to stop eating um, junk food. Yep, that's um, right. <laughs> but anyway, it really sucks to be bombarded with it and to, oh my gosh. I mean, because I the first time I saw it, I was in Hy-Vee with Allie. And it was when Allie, I've told the story already, when she called me a buzzkill in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I'm a buzzkill because we walk around that store and it's a giant candy store and I won't let her have any of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now I have to like be the bad guy to my child when like you could have a candy aisle. I get it. You're like, you're going to sell some candy because like mm-hmm. we all need candy sometimes. But to turn your store That's bullshit. into the candy, into the candy shop really, really irked me like a lot. It's just on the scale that they did it too. Yeah. It's 
They it's all really you all like I guess I'm very, I'm frustrated because you already <laughs> had a candy aisle. Yeah. Like you already had so much candy in that store that it all I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be saying anything that a grocery store has a candy aisle. That's I guess normal. We could argue about other things, but like yeah. the scale of which they <laughs> ramped up their candy aisle. Someone it, from High V is going to be reaching out to us, I feel like. <laughs> Cool. Come on okay. the podcast. Right. Come on and talk to us. Yeah. For real though. Okay, Tell us so, about how your quarterly earnings are. So I want to go back to the kids thing because like what you were talking about is that you're giving kids and these are kids who probably don't play sports already because anyone who like plays sports already has Or they just outlet. play like one sport and then it's like it's not in season or whatever. Yeah. But yeah for so, the most part, they're not. They're a little bit younger too. They're young. Yeah. They all, they all maybe dabble in sports. Okay. So, but someone who is like a really sporty kid and plays a lot of sports already has accessibility to a gym, already has a strength and conditioning program they're a part of. And so that this is more for like kids who don't know how much they can learn and benefit from a strength and conditioning program and someone who maybe wouldn't get into it in any other way. Right. Right. Because it's a free program. So you're not held up by like, well, I can't afford this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really to us very valuable education for someone to have, like to just know how to exercise properly. Right. Yeah. So that's like what you're going to. And so making the candy shop at Hy-Vee is in direct competition with that goal that you have. I'm trying to help kids realize that by taking control of your health and fitness, you you have ownership over it. And I think there's a lot of good lessons that can be learned from doing controlled hard ass shit. Like doing a hundred burpees as fast as you can, I think is not only good for your body, but I think it's good for your brain to figure out at age 11 and 12 that you're capable of doing hard shit and that a little temporary pain is okay. And mm-hmm. you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I would like to help kids have more control. I guess feel more control over their lives and just feel more. I just, I guess I'm thinking of myself at that age and it just felt like everything just was kind of just, everything just kind of happening to you because you are, you're a kid, you're dependent on a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's something extremely valuable in learning that you can be in control of your thoughts, emotions, and managing that stuff. How you deal with pain and how how you you deal deal with with adversity at a young age Mm -hmm. is going to make you better off. Yeah. And part of that is through like physical exercise. Mm -hmm. And what high V is doing is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They want to give you instant gratification through mouth pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Of a substance that is addictive, highly addictive, right? And directly causes type 2 diabetes, which is one of the biggest health issues that we face. Yeah. I mean, and it just contributes to the whole culture of laziness, right? Yes. And just sitting around and, you know, like that sort of stuff. It provides no nutritional value. Yeah. I really hate it. It's poison for your kids. (laughs) Like, it's poison. Yeah. Your body doesn't even really do well with sugar. Like, it doesn't know how to process it super well. Like, it Mm -hmm. does. It figures it out. But... It's not ideal. I mean, like, it's like alcohol. you know this. Everyone knows it. Yeah, it's like alcohol, <laughs> kind of. It's, al- yeah. it's kids' alcohol. There you're giving you your kid. You're giving your kids alcohol. <laughs> okay, that was extreme. But my point is, is just like it's not that far off the mark. It's it's, it's not very comparable. It's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree, and I think it's cool. I'm to- not calling for violence, by the way. <laughs> Should I say we should protest at Hy-Vee. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be organizing a protest at Hy-Vee later. Just kidding. That is a joke, at least right now. Um, <laughs> but I like that you started with kids that are like a little bit younger too, like 11 and 12 year old kids, because I, I mean, I have kids and so I can see the development of how you develop these little mini adult brains when you're around that age. You start to self-reflect. You start to see yourself apart from other people. You start to have thoughts of like, you know, you can look at your parents and like see them make mistakes. And then you can be like, that's not how this should go. Mm -hmm. And you start like really being able to, um, 
like get frustrated with the fact that you're only 12. So you can't drive. You have no control over your schedule, no control over what you do and when you do it. You're like, very dependent on other people. Yeah. yeah. And and you're very like conditioned because you're at school and you're expected to behave and do these certain things and think the certain way. And then your parents have a way that they want you to be as well. And it's just, it's a very difficult time for kids. And so I think giving them some really, and they're just a really good basis in fitness in general. It's just like with my, you know, oldest daughter, she's, she has a really, really good base now. So when she goes off to college in her adulthood, she's always going to be able to fall back on all the fitness and all the stuff that she learned. And it's not going to be starting over. And when you're already 30 and 40 years old, right? Like you'll be able to carry that with you. And by the time you're 30 and 40 years old, you're just that much more ahead of all the people that didn't get that and didn't do that. You know what I mean? And by a head, what do you mean? Just like a head and like, you're going to have better fitness. You're going to have probably better eating habits. So you're going to be, I think probably the compounding effect of those things. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm yeah, saying. I get what you're saying. Like yeah. to be ahead in the fact of like, you're not pre-diabetic. You, you've, you've developed and habits will come and go and you'll be more dialed in, but you've probably developed just healthier habits overall. You'll probably like never completely your, leave fitness or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Your, Oh, how do I want to say this? There's a certain level that you might stoop to, but you won't go below something. Like there's always going to be some staple habits that you keep. Like maybe it's, maybe at some point you get to the point where like the only thing you're really doing is like drinking a gallon of water a day, but that's something that you've done since you were 18 years old. So you do that all the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, whatever you've just, you're going to have several habits that you fall back on that you don't even think about. I think you're just going to always be a more active person in general. You're always going to be wanting to at least be go out hiking, bike riding. You're always going to be a person who does that sort of stuff, whether it's like super intense, you know, CrossFit or something. Mm -hmm. But I think that that drive to just you've be just active. You've just grown up with taking care of your body somewhere in your priorities. Maybe it's not number one mm -hmm. or two or three, but it's somewhere above eating candy from Hy-Vee. Well, Sorry. Just, <laughs> just think about the learning curve that it takes. And if you learned it young, yeah. it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. If you got to learn it when you're 30 and you're still trying to build your career and have kids and buy a house, it's so much harder. Yeah. If you can, you know, cause a lot of people between the ages of like 25 and 35 are building careers, having kids, getting married, buying a house. And so they might not have time or they might not make the time I should say to really prioritize their health and fitness, but just because it's a, just because it takes more effort to learn. Right. So, but if you've already known how to do the stuff, it's going to seem easy. It's so to you. much it's, it easier. Is easier to you. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier to be like, Oh, I should at least walk 30 minutes a day. Right. Or something. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas someone who didn't have that background doesn't realize it till they're 35, 40. And then they're like, Oh man. And then they think, well, can I even start something like this? Or then the intimidation factor of like not having any experience with this. And it's just like that ball rolling downhill, right? That it just gets like, you just, the degree of separation between those two people just gets wider, right? Like the older that you get. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the point I was trying to make. No, I like it. Um, so yeah, that, that is frustrating. And I would like to, can we, can we get people on this podcast? Can we, can we invite somebody? I would like to ask questions. We can, if you can get There's someone to no agree. Way. There's no way. I'd be like, oh, you want to um, interrogate me? And <laughs> I just feel like it should be something people are more upset about. I don't know. It bothers me. And it bothers yeah. me more now that we're talking about it. I know, it. Like, right? More, like more right I'm, now. The more I'm like thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty mad about it. But uh, anyways, um, <laughs> I think we kind of like said everything we needed to say about how mad we are about it though. That like at this point in time, I think it's probably, we should like end the conversation about it. <laughs> then we can like talk about it again. Was there anything else that we were going to talk about today? I think we hit all my notes. You know, I have notes. Yeah. I made notes today, you guys. Yeah. I never make notes. You'll probably be able to tell the podcast where I make notes because they probably go better <laughs> than the ones that I don't. I have this classic in my whole life. I always just think I'm going to wing it. I can wing it. It'll be fine. Anytime I've ever done that, I have royally screwed it up. One of the things I royally screwed up was my wedding vows. 
Cause I thought in the moment I would be able to tell my soon to my husband in the making how I felt about him. But he went first when he, and he read his about cause he had written his out or whatever. He, he had notes. He had notes. And I was completely emotional over that and was crying. And then when it was my turn to be second, I had no idea what to say. And then it was just like, Ditto. horrible. And I spent my whole honeymoon and this is not a joke profusely apologizing for how horrible my vows were damn and that is i just remind myself of things where i have done that and i have really messed it up and it's usually in front of people and that's why it hurts a lot more i did it a lot too in school with like maybe a speech or like um you know something where or like a test like something where i should have taken it more seriously and i winged it and then it went went really really bad (laughs) So you finally learned and you got <laughs> notes, but no, I don't know. I didn't know if we had anything else to talk about. That was a funny little I feel like that was all over the place, but I don't I can, think it was. All I can think about now is getting some sweet. He's sweet. writing a, he's going to be writing a strongly worded letter to Hy-Vee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the gym.